Welcome to Fountain of Life Worship Center's podcast. We're glad you're here with us today. Today you will hear a message previously recorded from our pastor, youth pastor, or a guest speaker. Join us as we know God, grow in God, and go with God today. Let's jump into the message. Can you give him one more praise? Because he's in this room. Amen. Thank you, praise team. Wonderful, wonderful job as they're coming down. If you'll grab your Bibles and go with me to Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter chapter 5. If you'd stand for the reading of the word, I think we need to honor the word. Amen. It says, one day as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out into the water. So he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Now go out where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Master Simon replied, We've worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing we do that for fun and don't catch a thing but here's what I want us to catch today he says but if you say so I'll let the nets down again and this time their nets were so full of fish they began to tear a shout for help brought their partners in from other boats And soon both boats were filled with fish on the verge of sinking. When Simon Peter realized what happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh Lord, please leave me. I'm too much a sinner to be around you. For he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught, as were the others with him. God, we thank you for your word. God, and just as in this scripture... If we would be obedient to what your word says and when you speak, God, there's a fish, there's a boatload for us. Not just a boatload, but a boat sinking load. So God, I ask you today that you touch your word, touch our hearts, touch our minds, give us clarity of what you would say. We thank you, we praise you in Jesus' name, amen. Now I read from the New Living Translation and I did that just because I liked what it said. But if you say so, I'm believing God for great things for the Fountain of Life Worship Center. I'm believing God for great things for Boone County. I'm believing God for great things for my family. 
And I believe with, as, we, as we begin to launch the boat out into the deep, I believe it's going to take some people who are willing to take risk. People who are willing, whether they're tired, whether they have fished all night and they didn't catch a thing, but they know they still heard the voice of God say, go, do, be. We're going to take risk and do that because never underestimate the power of this simple phrase in Luke's gospel. When Peter said, if you say so. If you say so was Peter's bridge to the supernatural. If you say so, what happened was Peter put the power back into God's hands. If you say so, he, it, it activates heaven on our behalf. And here's what I want you to understand. If you say so, paralyzes hell. Because if you've got a word from God, there's nothing hell can unleash on you that can stop it. Not a thing. So we need to begin to say, Lord, if you say so, we're going to launch. Lord, if you say so, we're going to start that ministry. Lord, if you say so, we're going to stop that ministry. Lord, if you say so, we're going to do whatever it is you say. Well, pastor, we fished all night. We didn't catch a thing. You know why? Because we did it in the power of our might. Now think about that. If we will listen to God and say, if you say so, he says, I've got a net-breaking, boat-sinking blessing to pour on you. Now you think about that. He said, I've got too much of a blessing to pour on you. It's too much for you, so why don't you call your buddies in and have them bring their boat too so we can pour it over on them as well. If you would have been on that shore that day, I can't imagine, because I always call Peter a passionate idiot. Who in the world... Early in the morning on the cold sea, we'd jump out just to go see Jesus and swim. You know, Peter, the boat's going there. Give it a second. But Peter was so passionate, he said, I ain't got time to wait on this boat. I got to jump. So think about it. But Peter was always passionate. But yet, sometimes he was a little, he'd get too far ahead of himself. But if you would have been on the shore that day, you would have heard Peter yelling, to all of his partners on shore, I need help. Heaven has unleashed. My boat is sinking. I need help with all these fish. I need help. But that should not surprise us because I just heard somebody say it. Isn't the Bible truth? Isn't it in the Bible that says, press down, shaken together, and running over, shall men give unto your bosom? Is that not what the Word says? You know the things we buy today. We buy them and we get them. And they got this little disclaimer on them that says contents may settle during shipping. Y'all know what I'm talking about. When you get a bag of Doritos and you open it and two-thirds of it's already gone. 
Somebody already stole two-thirds of my Doritos, and I just paid this much money for them. We, I mean, we get a bag or a box of something, and it looks like somebody already stole half the product. But I want you to know that God has a blessing with their name on it. And guess what? Its contents has not settled. It will never settle. He's got a blessing for this church. He's got a blessing for us as individuals. He's got a blessing that he's waiting on some people that will say, if you say so, he's ready to dump it in the boat. As a matter of fact, not only have the contents not settled, its, its contents is overflowing. That means that it won't fit in our box. I've been talking about the box a little bit lately. We put him in a box. The blessings that he wants to bestow on this church and on us as individuals, our box can't hold it. Our box cannot hold it. Mo, you know, we preach this kind of sermon, and I, I struggle with West Virginia mentality because we have poverty mentality. We have poverty mentality. We always, everybody's like, well, I live in Boone County. We're poverty. I live in West Virginia. We're the 50th. We serve a God who owns a cattle on a thousand fields. He owns everything. He created it all. And when people begin to preach this kind of sermon, we have a hard time with it because our mindset, our mindset has always been, God, I need just enough. Just enough. Just get me through this. God doesn't want to just get you through. He wants you abundantly blessed. Blessed. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over. The head, not the tail. We got to get out of the, the 50 mentality. Pastor, if I can just have enough to pay my rent. Pastor, if I can get just enough to put gas in my car. Pastor, if I can get just enough to buy a few groceries. Pastor, if I can get just enough to keep the lights on. Let me tell you something. God wants the rent paid. He wants gas in the car. He wants a, a, more than a few groceries. And he wants to keep your lights on. And he wants to help you help somebody else keep theirs on. I heard someone call this kind of mentality wilderness mentality. The wilderness is just enough. You remember the story when the, the God brought the children of Israel out of Egypt and he took them through the wilderness of just enough. If you'll walk with me just a few days, I'm going to give you just enough until I get you into overflow. That was the promise. Just enough is better than not enough. I understand that, but it's not the promised land. Just enough is not the promised land. God wants to take Fountain of Life Worship Center to the promised land. Then the Lord wants somebody to know that there's a blessing with your name on it. Understand that this morning. You've prayed and you've confessed and you've worked your faith and you've stood on the Word. But if we'll be honest with ourselves... Many of us are in the same place that Peter was that morning, packing up the nets and disappointed. Somebody 
in this room, you're in a disappointing season. This world has disappointed you. Your job has disappointed you. Your kids have disappointed you. You've disappointed yourself. Your faith has disappointed over and over. You've thrown out the net over and over and over, and it seems like nothing. It feels like all the prayers that you have prayed and all the believing and all the confessing has just been a waste of time. Am I talking to anybody this morning? Now think about this. The Lord wants us to know that He wants to bring our disappointing season to an end. Now you, (laughs) some of you need to be reminded this morning that weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Some of you need to begin to quote those types of scriptures over your life and over your circumstances. You know, when you're ordering something and they, they give you that delivery date, I'm an Amazon Prime guy. They don't like, UPS does not like me because every other day they're dropping something off at the door. It's got so bad that my wife's put a basket out there and said, here, take a water, take some popcorn, take a Dr. Pepper. (laughs) Really, there is. There's a basket on our front porch. But we get that delivery date, and then we'll get the emails that says, your package has been delivered. God's telling somebody... (laughs) your delivery dates today and the package has been delivered the package has been delivered the Lord says today is some of your delivery date well pastor I've been to the post office six times and there's no sign of my package 1 Kings 18 then Elijah said to Ahab Go get something to eat and drink, for I hear a mighty rainstorm coming. So Ahab went to eat and drink, but Elijah climbed to the top of Mount Carmel, bowed bowed low to the ground, and prayed with his face between his knees. Then he said to his servant, Go and look out toward the sea. And the servant went and looked and then returned to Elijah and said, I didn't see anything. (laughs) Is that how we pray sometimes? God, I prayed just five minutes ago, and I don't see nothing. Seven times, Elijah told him to go and look. Seven. We get aggravated and mad, and we quit on two. God, I prayed and prayed and prayed. No, you prayed. But seven times Elijah told him to go and look. And finally the seventh time his servant told him, I saw a little cloud about the size of a man's hand rising from the sea. And Elijah shouted. What are you shouting about, you crazy prophet? It's a little, little, tiny cloud. Hurry. Get to Ahab. Tell him, climb into your chariot, go back home. If you don't hurry, the rain is going to stop you. Are we seeing the same thing here, old man? 
I said there's a cloud about the size of a man's hand. And soon, the sky was black with clouds. A heavy wind brought a terrific rainstorm. And Ahab left quickly for Jezreel. Then the Lord gave special strength to Elijah. He tucked his cloak into his belt and ran ahead of Ahab's chariot all the way to the entrance of Jezreel. Special strength. No evidence of rain anywhere. Now, I coach baseball. And if they say 70% chance of rain, you can guarantee you're playing ball that day. If they say 5% chance of rain, you're rained out. I keep the weather app everywhere. My, they used to laugh at me. They'd say, how do you know where these storms are? I said, because I'm watching it. We're playing ball today. But no evidence of rain anywhere. Go ahead, Elijah said. Go tell Ahab, get going, because there's a storm coming. Some of you, the Holy Spirit is saying, go again. Go again. Because listen to me, persistent faith never loses. Persistent faith never loses. Luke chapter 5. Then teaching them more about prayer, he used this story. Suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight wanting to borrow three loaves of bread. You say to him, hey, friend of mine, that's just arrived for a visit and I have nothing for him to eat. And suppose he calls out from his bedroom, don't bother me. The door's locked for the night and my family and I are all in bed. I can't help you. But I tell you this, though he won't do it, for friendship's sake, keep knocking and aggravate him to death. That's a mixed version. I tell you, keep on asking and you'll receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open for everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks finds and everyone who knocks, the door will be open. Somebody in the house better keep asking. If you want to receive, you better keep asking. If you want to find, you better keep seeking. If you want the door to be open, you better keep knocking because God honors persistence. He honors it. Back to 1 Kings, this servant comes back and he said, I saw a little cloud the size of a man's hand. And Elijah's response is, I hear a mighty rainstorm coming. The King James Version says, I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. I'm telling somebody your drought can be over by an abundance of rain. Some of you need to hear that this morning. The Lord says this is a new season, a new anointing. There is an anointing for every single season on your life. Pastor, I'm in a hard place. There's an anointing for that. Pastor, you don't understand, I'm in a drought. Let me tell you, there is an anointing that will sustain you through the drought. There is an anointing that will, that will that'll allow you to endure and labor, fruitless labor. And there is an anointing of breakthrough. And I hear an abundance of rain. 
Jesus was trying to shift Peter into a new anointing. He was trying to teach Peter something, but Peter resisted. Peter began to say, Lord, it's all been for nothing. You know, we've worked all night long. We're, we're just now getting the nets back into the boat. That's a hard job in itself. We've just put all this back together, and you jump in my boat and say, let me preach for a minute, and then you say, launch back out into the deep. And then you're going to tell me to throw out my nets. We've worked so hard all night for nothing. We've worked all this work, all this hard work, and we just have empty nets. It's been for nothing. Listen to me. Nothing is for nothing. Church, nothing is a great preparation for too much. God will usually take you through a season of nothing just before He brings breakthrough into your house. Just before too much, there's nothing. Why? Because God don't want you getting the glory. God wants, when, when it happens, God wants people to say and everyone else around you to know that you did not do this in the strength of your own flesh. This had to come from Jesus. You're not the Savior. You're not the healer. You're not the, the deliverer. You're not the miracle worker. You know, the other night we were praying for my sister, and we just talked about this in the back. She had a bad day yesterday, but I'm still believing the word of the Lord that by his stripes she's healed. But we sat there the other night, and it was so amazing because the doctors looked at her and my mom in that office and said, there's nothing else you can do. That doctor is not the Savior. That doctor is not the healer. That doctor is not the deliverer. That doctor is not the miracle worker. And right now, my sister is in prime position to show the medical profession, by his stripes, I'm healed. He wants you to know that when you go through experiences and you go through these things, there isn't an anointing that produces the miracle. Understand that it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. He wants you to learn his voice. He wants you to learn his voice. If I'm going to hear the abundance of rain, Jacob, i got to learn to hear his voice. Because if I'm not listening to his voice, I'm listening to everybody else's. We've never done it that way. I don't think your idea will work. Oh, boy. Am I? I'll just leave it alone. But that's what it begins to happen is we begin to listen to the naysayers. The second thing is, is not only hearing his voice, but when he speaks, if you say so. I'm going to do it. Do you all realize that obedience 
to an instruction, even if it is ridiculous, is better than sacrifice. How many's come to realize? Because I have. God will let you wear yourself out doing what you know how to do. <laughs> he will let you wear yourself out, come to your wits end. God, I don't know what to do. I've tried everything. I've tried. And it's about that moment said, are you ready? God says, are you ready to shut up and listen to me now? Are you ready to hear my voice? As long as I still have strength, as long as I still have an option, as long as I still think I can work it out, I'll never hear his voice. You see, it's not that he's not speaking. It's just that we're too busy. We're making too much noise to hear him. We're trying to figure this thing out on our own. Well, if we'll do this, if we'll do that, if, if we'll put ministry here, if we'll do that... Maybe God don't want ministry there. Maybe God don't want us to do what we've always done. Maybe he wants to get out of the box. But so many times we try to get ahead of him, and you know what he does? He just waits for us. He's got a slogan. He says, you can't fix stupid. And we're, a lot of times we're just stupid, and we just keep trying it, our own self, our own self, and then finally we get to wit's end, and we say, all right, spirit, lead me. Tell me what to do. And you know what happens? He's been right there all along waiting on us to say, I can't do this. I can't do this. And then when he talks, we struggle because then he gives some ridiculous instruction. You know the word ridiculous means absurd, laughable. Comical. This has to be a joke, right, God? You want me to do this with this? <laughs> if you want to shift into a ridiculous blessing, you have to be willing to obey a ridiculous command. It was ridiculous. That a prophet would tell a broke, busted, and disgusted widow in 2 Kings chapter 4 to go borrow empty vessels. Not only a few. And then take her little pot of oil and start pouring into all those vessels. Now, I don't know about you all. That don't look like it's going to fill a bunch of vessels. And that's about all she had. And now, we've got all this going on. And we're wearing ourselves out. The same ridiculous anointing that fell on this woman because she obeyed a ridiculous instruction is the same ridiculous anointing that can fall on someone right here today in Fountain of Life Worship Center. You want a ridiculous blessing? You've got to get a vision of abundance. 
we got to get out of the, the poverty mindset. we got to get out of the mindset that this, this has just been the way it's always, it's always been this way. It's the way we're always going to be. That's not what God wants out of this church. God does not want us to be what it's always been. God wants to launch us into a new season and into a new thing, and we've got to come up with the mentality if you say so. Most of us don't have any problems seeing ourselves with just enough to get by. I mean, many of us will even say it ourselves, if I can just get my head above water. If I can just get my head above water, I've been there. I know what it's like, but I'm telling you, fighting just to keep your head above the water. But when we're faithful, we couldn't see ourselves blessed. I've shared this with you all. We could not see ourselves blessed. We were in debt like crazy. We couldn't even pay our bills. It got so bad, man, I we turned the answering machine off. Turned the phones on silent and turned the answering machine off. Leave us alone. We know. We owe you money. You're never getting it. And then God got connected with my wife, or vice versa, and that anointing rubbed off onto me. And through teaching and preaching and examples, we got a vision of seeing ourselves out of debt. And I'm not just talking about, above, you know, above water. We got our, well, we did, and he did it. But we got out of debt. And you know what I contributed a lot of that to? Around that same time is when we started declaring that offering prayer. We started declaring that over our lives, and it wasn't something that we were just reading off of a board. It was something that we was doing. But you have to see yourself in abundance. How do you see yourself? As a man's heart is, so is he. You may have empty coats and empty boats and empty nets and empty cupboards and empty pockets, but you have to see something that isn't there. You have to see it. God told Abraham, he said, lift up your eyes, look from this place where you are. He said, look east, look west, look north, look south. Everything you see, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to give it to you. So basically what God was telling Abraham, he said, if you can see it, you can have it. If you can see it, it's yours. When the prophet told that woman, get all these empty vessels, he was activating her spiritual sight. She had to get faith vision. And so many times we talk ourselves out of a blessing from God because we look at it from a carnal eye. He wanted her to see by faith that every one of those vessels the, that, the, that they had brought in were full. And then she obeyed this ridiculous instruction and she began to pour oil, what little bit of oil she had, into all those vessels. She made that little pot of oil her miracle seed. Think about that. It didn't make sense. It was nothing compared to the size of her need. It could, I mean, it couldn't get her out of debt. There was nothing there, but she poured it out. She released it in order to get what she needed. And somebody needs to hear this. She released what she had in order to get something she needed. 
Her obedience to a ridiculous instruction took her from nothing to overflow because she had the mentality, if you say so. Peter's sitting on this boat. And how many knows that something that's already in your house is your seed? Peter's was a boat. Jesus used his boat as a pulpit. And then he tells Peter, he says, launch out into the deep and we're going to catch some fish. He's trying to give Peter a vision of abundance. Jesus did not say, try one more time and see if you might catch something. He didn't say anything like that. He just said, let down your nets for a net-breaking boat sinking miracle. Let this happen. He said, there is a blessing out there with your name on it waiting for you if you'll just let your net out. Jesus was saying, there's a multitude of fish that's waiting on you to let your nets down. A multitude. And Jesus is saying the very same thing. He's telling the Peter, he's saying, there are a bunch of fish that have an appointment to jump in your net right now. Think about that. And if you don't lay your nets down, you're going to miss this opportunity. Because of our doubts, because of our unbelief, because we just don't see it with our natural eyes, most of us have missed some pretty amazing divine moments. What did God say to do with it? Whatever God says to do with it, do it. That's what Mary told the servants at the wedding when they ran out of wine. It may not make sense, but do it. It may be hard on the flesh, but do it. Here's another one we need to understand. You may not like it, but do it. Everybody may think you're crazy, but do it. Peter obeyed, and he went into a supernatural overflow of abundance. When the servants obeyed, what did the water happen? What happened to the water? It turned into wine. God's trying to shift somebody into a new anointing. Selena, if you'll come. Peter almost missed a breakthrough anointing because he wanted to argue with Jesus. Anybody ever do that? Why do we argue with him? We know he's right. But we'll argue with him. God, we fished all night. I'm tired. I worked the hoot out. I'm ready to go home. Wife's got bacon and eggs and stuff on ready. Why do we argue with God? One phrase shifted Peter into a ridiculous blessing. That it changed everything. Patty, he just said, Jesus, if you say so. Peter's argument with God 
Lord, it doesn't make sense. We don't fish during the day. Do y'all ever do this with God? This don't make sense. Lord, I've tried. We fished all night. I don't feel like it. Lord, I don't want to be disappointed again. It's not worth the effort. But Peter spoke a phrase that changed the course of history. He said, if you say so. Some of you better get an if you say so in your vocabulary. That one phrase seems so insignificant, but it is so full of power. Church, I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what it feels like. I don't care what people say about me. I don't care if you've tried it before and it didn't work. I don't care if it's going to cost you some pride. I don't care if it doesn't make sense. I don't care if it makes me look foolish. If God says it, I need to say if you say so. Some of you need to hear this this morning. If you say so, God, I will obey. I will go. I will do. I will pray. I will forgive. I will sow that seed. I will take that step of faith. I will fill the water pots with water, even when everybody else is expecting wine. God, I will go dip dip seven times in a muddy Jordan. God, I will march around these walls seven times when it doesn't make any sense. God, I will go borrow some empty vessels so you can begin to pour into them. God, I will make the prophet a cake, even though it's going to be the last meal for me and my child. I'm still going to do it because... You said so. That phrase is the bridge between our season of nothing to blessing. If you say so. God, I may see empty nets. But if you say so. God, I may feel pain in my body, but if you say so. God, my children may be acting crazier than ever, but if you say so. God, my bank account is on life support, but if you say so. God, they just repossessed my car, but if you say so. Pastor, I just lost my job, but if he says so. My wife, my husband just served me divorce papers, but if he says so. Some of you need to stand to your feet and start praising God in this place right now. The devil may be attacking you on every side, but if you say so. The devil has been all over me and there seems to be no sign of relief, but if you say so. I've been in the driest spell of my life and I see no end in sight, but I see the hand... I see a cloud the size of a hand on the horizon. 
and I hear the abundance of rain. There's a gully washer coming to the Fountain of Life Worship Center right now. If you say so, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be on my lips. If you say so, all things work together for the good to them who love the Lord, who are called according to His purpose. Devil God is for me and it doesn't matter who's against me. You can unleash hell all over me. But I'm telling you today, if God says so, (laughs) you can't stop the blessings of God on my life, on my family, on this church, because He says so. say it right now if you say so say it like you mean it when you say that when you make that statement you tell heaven that you're ready for God to do whatever but you cripple hell Some of you need to put hell on notice. It doesn't matter how old I am. I may be the youngest in here, but if you say so, God, I may be the oldest in here, but I'm going to be like Caleb and say, if you say so, give me my mountain. Church, it doesn't matter what the devil does. It doesn't matter what hell throws at you, whether it's sickness or disease, whether it's financial problems, whether the devil's attacks on your family, whether it's the lion's den or the fiery furnace, if he says so. I'm committed. I've got a made-up mind. I've got an eye. I've got a praise on my lips that says, if God says so. When you say that, that phrase is prophetic because it declares it is done before I even start. (laughs) If you say so, it's done. That phrase is prophetic. In other words, when you declare it from your heart, you're releasing faith. And your faith is testifying. Your faith is crippling hell. We all remember Jesus' words on the cross. He said, it is finished. It's finished. It's finished. But prophetically, 
It was finished in the garden when Jesus prayed, Father, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, or if you say so. God, if you say so, not my will, but your will be done. Woo. Somebody needs to open your mouth and say, if you say so. Somebody needs to put heaven on notice that you're ready for a breakthrough. Some of you need to cripple hell right now. God's been speaking to you and speaking to you and you keep giving Him all the excuses. But this morning, Fountain of Life Worship Center, who's ready to say, if you say so? Some of you, you need to let the devil know this morning, it don't matter. I've already decided. Come hell or high water, come sickness or health, come joy or pain, drought or rain, come lion's den or fiery furnace, if you say so. I refuse to be dominated by what my eyes see. I'm going to cast my nets into the deep because you said it's already done. Who needs to cast your nets in the deep this morning? If that's you, I want you to come. I want to pray for you. Somebody needs to put hell on notice. You're not quitting. Somebody needs to put hell on notice. You're not giving up. you need to be in this altar right now praising him like your prodigals are already coming home some of you need to be in this altar right now praying like healing has already been manifested your marriages are already restored your addiction is already broken because he says so Some of you others would come in behind me and let's begin to pray.
Thanks for listening with us today. We hope that you have been challenged, inspired, or God has changed you somehow or in some way by what you have heard. If you would like to learn more about Fountain of Life Worship Center, find us at our website at folwc.com, on Facebook at facebook.com folwc, or in person. If you have a prayer request that you would like us to join in praying with you, please head to our prayer page at folwc.com prayer and click the image that reads prayer request. If you'd like to support this ministry, you can go to our website, folwc.com, and click give at the top of the page. Join us every Thursday for a new podcast. Hit subscribe on the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts to keep up with our most recent podcast episode. Have a great day, and God bless you all.